Yeah, so today's a super exciting day uh, around the Go Hunt office. Everybody's kind of a buzz and, and super excited uh, about a brand new launch for us, which is called Go Hunt Explorer. Um, those of you who are familiar with Go Hunt, we've, we've always offered Go Hunt Insider, which is our subscription service to the, the Go Hunt Insider platform, uh, which includes you know everything that you guys are familiar with, you know filtering 2.0, draw odds, uh, maps. Uh, but now we are launching this Go Hunt Explorer, which is the mapping platform for you know just people that are wanting Go Hunt maps. Um, which really, in my mind, I've said this before, but there really hasn't been anything, in my opinion, more impactful to hunting and the success of hunting in the field than maps, right? And the technology involved in maps. So. Everybody's right. super excited today. We're, we're launching that Go Hunt Explorer. Um, it's going to be $49 a year, so I mean, super cheap, 50 bucks. And uh, I don't know, Mike, we got Mike here, Mike's product manager. He's been super heavily involved in, uh, <laughs> in map development and Go Hunt Explorer and kind of the release of that. And so, I don't know, Mike, do you want to run with us and tell us more about Go Hunt Explorer? What, what does it include? Yeah, so Go Hunt Explorer is, it's not just maps. Um, it was really designed for people who don't need all the insider features. So the filtering and the, in the draw odds, they just wanted a mapping platform. Mm -hmm. Um, but if you're hunting out West, you still need to be able to track your points. And we recently released a point tracker as well, mm -hmm. which helps you keep track of all your points across all your different States and species. Um, so there's a single source of truth there. So you can just look them up. So we included that in Explorer as well. So what's, um, what's point tracker? I, I know what it is, but I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm asking this redundantly for the people yeah. that are listening, but tell, tell, us, tell me more about point tracker. Yeah. So point tracker is something that we integrated um, into the insider platform originally. So you can basically put in all your points for all your different states and species that you're applying for across the West. And that automatically populates um, in your filtering and mm -hmm. draw odds. So you don't have to manually go in there and Populate right. those and, and that's part anymore. of the insider platform, right? That's part of the insider platform. Um, however, we realized that even even people who just wanted maps still have to track their points. Yeah. And so um, when we released Explorer, we decided, okay, well, let's just bundle that up as right. well. So added value. It's not just maps. It's also it's also point tracker. And in addition to that, we also added in the rewards program for the gear shop. Because um, you know, if you're if you're a member and you're subscribing to Go Hunt. We want to make sure you get all the value across the entire platform. So right, right. So you get the the points to the shop, the gear shop, which I don't know if we've ever really touched yeah. on that, have we? I'm, there, there seems to be a lot of confusion, or maybe just people don't understand the reward points that we have in our gear shop, which is sure, one point equals one dollar. So essentially, if you buy enough gear in our gear shop, hopefully you then can use those reward points and get gear for free. And it's yeah. For a reward system, it's one of the best out there for one point equals one dollar. Yeah. So we have this gear shop, which we, we take a lot of pride in. I do a lot of selection for the shop, work with the buyers. Um, you know, we try to procure really, you know, handpicked gear that we really like and we really use. Um, we have a really nice selection. I mean, we were out in the warehouse today doing some, some boot content and, you know, we've got piles of boots out there and tons of good options. But um, if you're looking to buy gear, you know, and you're a Go Hunt insider, or now if you're a Go Hunt Explorer member, um, you know you're going to buy gear in the gear shop. And if you buy, you know, if you buy a backpack from us, or you buy it from you know anybody else that sells that that Mystery Ranch backpack, it's still going to cost you the same. It's going to cost you 450 bucks, right, or whatever it is for for a Metcalf. But if you buy it from us and you're a Go Hunt Explorer member, you know we're going to give you points back on your purchase. And like you were saying, one point's one dollar. You know, so you might get 55, 60 bucks back on that purchase that you can then use towards the purchase of a new pair of boots or anything else that you want in the gear shop. So that's a 
That's a pretty cool add-on. Yeah. Pretty cool yeah. feature for, for being either an insider or an explorer member. Yeah. And especially for explorers, right? With a it's a fifty dollar membership right. for the entire year. Right. Right. And so if you're taking event if you're buying gear as well and you're getting points back, mm-hmm. there's a there's a pretty good value exchange there um, sure. from your subscription cost to to gear purchases. The 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 other important thing for maps um, with Explorer is we're not limiting people to single states. Mm-hmm. That was a lot of feedback that we got from, from customers really early on was, hey, I have my home state. I still want to have mapping content for my home state, but then I want to go hunt one state. Like maybe I want to go hunt Montana, but maybe I have a OTC tag in Colorado as well. And so we didn't want people to have to pay extra right. for that. So... Um, we're in the process of rolling out um, hunting layers across all 50 states. We'll have it before this hunting season. And if you're an insider or you're an explorer, you get access to all of that data. Right. There, there's, no, there's no cap. If you're an explorer, you get all mapping functionality, web and mobile, all states, no all cap. content. That's what, my ki- that's what the kids say. No cap. No cap. No cap. <laughs> <laughs> no cap. No cap. Before we dive into maps, I do want to get heavy into maps and like talk more about like what makes us you know different. I want to talk about all that stuff, but I, I do want to go back and just do one quick hitter on, on Point Tracker just before we move on. Um, man, what a pain in the ass it is, right, Neville? I mean, to, to, to keep track of your points across the West, right? I mean, if you're applying in multiple states, as a lot of us are nowadays, to ensure that we get a permit, man, it was just, you're always, like, trying to update and keep track of your spreadsheet, and it's just a pain. And this is super cool. I mean, this came from internally, you know, all of us saying, hey, I want to know, I want to be able to have some sort of app or some way of, you know, tracking my points in each state so that I know, you know, going into each and every app season, I already know you know, what I've got, right? So it, it just makes it that's that much more streamlined. So I just wanted to touch on that real quick and, and just highlight what a cool feature point tracker is. I mean, I think it gets like maybe a little bit overlooked because it's not like, you know, big and flashy as some of the other features that we have. But man, in terms of like usefulness, it's so handy. Yeah, and just making your life more easy. Oh, I literally never know any of my points across any state before point tracker. Like you kind of have a rough estimate of what you have in each state. But every time I always have to go, one, I have to figure out where I can look up my points through the state website. Then I have to remember my username, my password, or my, like, license number or something. And then digging around and all their stuff to try to find your points. I'm always, I'm always like, hey, Neville, do you want to partner up on a, on a deer tag in Wyoming? How many points do you got? And you're like, I don't know. Six or seven, maybe eight. Seven, <laughs> maybe eight. I'm hoping eight. <laughs> I'm hoping eight. But, yeah, I, d- I didn't want to, like, blow right past that. But, you know, yeah. just to highlight the fact of how cool that, that feature is. And, and you will get that as part of being either an insider or, you know, an Explorer member. Yeah, and I, th- and I think just from what we've said so far, everything goes back to what a hunter needs or what the challenges are that a hunter faces. And kind of going into, you know, what makes us different or what makes our maps different, I think that plays a big role as we're hunter-focused. That's all we worry about. Like, Mike, I know you're always coming around the office talking to all the hunters, feedback about the maps, what we can do differently, the challenges we face, and kind of that mindset. But, yeah, I'd like to hear your your side of things and how you come up with all these crazy ideas and how you basically weed out these challenges and help hunters be more successful with our maps. Yeah, so it's there's generally a pretty long tail on solving some of these some of these problems like you you start by like either experiencing them in the field yourself they maybe start as pain points you start hearing about it through you know other hunters that you're just talking with um you kind of observe some of it you kind of just start seeing what they're doing it's like why are they 
why are they doing that? Like, what are they looking for? And for example, like when, when you see somebody in a, in a mapping app and they're turning layers on and off, what they're really doing is looking for answers to a question. Mm -hmm. And so for us, what we're looking to do is say, okay, what question are they trying to answer? And can we answer it? Can we give them that answer in a better way? Right. Faster. Right. The pur the purpose of like a mapping application, it, it's right. It's to, it's, it's really efficiency is what we're looking for. So we're trying to get them from point A to point B as quickly as possible. Um, and there's just a whole bunch of ways we can do that. Whether you're trying to make a decision on, you know, maybe you spot an elk on a ridge somewhere and say, do I go after that elk or not? Do I have time? Yeah, yes, you do. Right. That's yes. The answer. <laughs> Always go. Right? Like, you, you, you may need to know, okay, how far is that? Like, what is the fastest way to get there? Like, subconsciously, there's all these questions that you're trying to answer constantly, mm -hmm. whether you're in the field or even whether you're planning, right? Can I even get into this place? Um, is, this, is this even a feasible hunting area for me? Um, so there's all these questions that are being asked kind of under the hood. And so what we're doing is we're sitting there trying to surface those questions. And it, it comes from all sorts of places, whether it be walking around, asking for feedback, just observing people and just seeing how are they using maps and just questioning, why are they doing that? Why are they doing that? I think that's a good point you, you, you kind of bring up. It touches on the fact that like we've all, we've used maps or, you know, I probably, I started with, you know, topo maps, 24K topo maps from, you know, the Forest Service, the BLM or USGS, you know, the old school topos. And that was kind of like how you used to plan your your hunt and, and your access and, you know, glassing points, all the things that you're looking for in a hunt. Um, you know, and then we moved to like Garmin GPSs with the chips. And then, you know, we've used other map um, apps or platforms since then, since that point. But like it's been, I mean, we there hasn't been a whole lot since then, right? I mean, basically it was like, you know, layers, a few layers, you know, topographic, maybe some aerial imagery stuff, you know, land ownership, those kinds of things. But there hasn't really been a ton of, um, you know, innovation in the mapping platforms, if you will, for, for a while, right? Mm -hmm. And I think that's a unique thing just to kind of highlight, Mike, is that, like, we, we come at it from a perspective of we've all been able to use these things for a lot of years. I mean, I'm dating myself at this point, but, you know, I've been using it for 20, 20 plus years, right? So I... I kind of know the things that it's like you're saying, you know, I'm, I'm one of those guys that you, you know, probably looking at going, what the hell is he trying to do here? Like, <laughs> you know, and I'm, I, I am, I was trying to find an answer to a thing or, you know, a better way to do things. And I think that's a pretty cool perspective that we've had, you know, coming into it at this point is that we've had the chance to use a lot of these, you know, and then, you know, Hey, this could be better. This should be better. This could be different. So, yeah. You know, building, building maps is especially for offline use is not, a trivial task. Um, but to your point, if you want to change something and make it better, you have to have control over that. Mm -hmm. And, you know, w you know, Gohan's a little late to the mapping game in general. So we had a lot of catch up work to do. Um, but now that we're kind of at that, that stage, it's, it's really this inflection point of like, now we can really start digging into some of the core problems, mm -hmm. um, that hunters are facing. But, um, I don't think it's a bad yeah. thing that we're late to the game. I, I think, <laughs> right. yeah. I think, in my opinion, it's actually kind of an advantage because you get a chance to like look at what's you've been using, and you, you like you're saying, you get a chance to answer the questions that you've had. You know, yeah. you, you address the features that were maybe lacking from other platforms that weren't quite meeting, you know, your your needs. So you get a look, you get a look at it from a different perspective. It's it's kind of cool. Innovation, so, yeah. <laughs> so, like we were saying, with what what really makes us in your eyes, Mike, different from other mapping services out there? 
Well, I think there's like two ways to answer that question. One is, um, you know, from a from a what the what the end user kind of sees, which is functional differences, um, and the other thing is kind of our our approach um, to solving some of these problems, right? Like when when we talk about innovation, and the reason why we wanted to bring maps in house to Go Hunt is if you want to innovate, what we're really looking to do is solve a problem that people don't know they have yet, mm. right? Like that's really at the core of it. Um, and so you can't, again, you can't do that unless you've, you've built the platform yourself and you have control over it. So from an approach standpoint, like that's kind of the approach that we've taken. It's like, okay, what is the, what is the next problem that they have that they just don't know yet? Um, for example, and then you get into the, the actual physical differences in the, uh, the mapping platform. So people have been downloading maps for years, right? But has that ever changed? No, it's always a pain in my ass. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's right. always me in a diner in some town in the middle of nowhere right. <laughs> looking for a little bit of service. I mean, like, no. Everybody's, it's, like, it's not. everybody's like super familiar with this process. You know, you go in there, you, you create a map, and then you go in and you create another one, and you line it up oh, with yeah. one right next to it. And then you line another one up right next to that, and you create this grid of maps, and then you generally create a, you know, like a larger one that covers the area going into it. Yep. Right? So... You know, taking that perspective or that pr- approach we have, it, just ask why. It's like, why are they doing that? Why are, it's just you know, the way it's been done. Right, it's just the way it's been done. It's like, why do I have to download 12 maps to go on a hunt? That seems like a problem worth, worth solving for us. And there's a lot of other use cases there too, right? Generally, your first plan doesn't work out. Second plan, in my case last year, plans A through D didn't work out, and I had nothing downloaded. So right. then I'm driving an hour and a half to go find that gas station yeah. <laughs> just to find a bar of cell service so I can download a new map. But I'm like looking for these um, alternate plans and like trying to download this data. Um, so, you know, you know, I'll leak what we've been working on the past couple months. Like we really noticed this problem uh, last fall. Um, so last fall, the app was available to insiders only. Um, you know, we, we opened this up to the public just like two months ago. Um, you know, and again, today is like the official launch of mm-hmm. this Explorer product and, and particularly the mapping products. Um, but in, in preparation for this season, we've rebuilt the entire process for downloading maps. Um, just completely flipped it to solve those, those core problems. We don't want people creating grids of maps anymore. We don't want people going into the field and forgetting layers that they need. Right. Like, like those are all the problems that we want to solve. If their first plan doesn't work out, we want them to be prepared for their second one, no matter where it's at, even if they don't know where it's at yet. And so when we approach um, even things that have been done a standard way for a very long time that people are familiar with, and when we talk about innovation, it's really about asking, why are they doing it that way? How can we do it better? Um, and I think a lot of people are going to see this year, um, especially the summer when they get out testing the app, like we've completely changed it. It does kind of seem like that with the other mapping services that it, it's like all kind of cookie cutter, right? They're all pretty similar in how they function. Seems like it's been that way for quite a while. I mean, you see some updates here and there, maybe some different colors and styles, but like innovation wise. Yeah, it hasn't been a whole lot. I mean, it's basically, yeah. you know, does your map have public private, right? And that's, yeah. that's pretty much it. If you got the lines and you've got either aerial imagery and topo, I mean, that's basically it, right? I mean, there hasn't been a whole lot of innovation 
So, yeah. I mean, yeah, I've I've been that guy. You know, I've been I've been in a McDonald's in Colorado, sitting there <laughs> trying to line up line up maps and you know download them and sitting there eating you know gross food. <laughs> or then you'll you'll have them downloaded and you'll get out there. Yeah, you don't have you, the layers you, you want. You don't have your layers downloaded. Yeah. So so we yeah. addressed that, right? Yeah. I mean, that's that's kind of well, And then you know the other th- the more obvious one is what we what we kind of led with was you know you hunt in three D you need a plan. And, plan your hunt in 3D. And so like we put 3D into the app really early on. Um, and we, we put that out there for people to, to start using and giving us feedback. And we've gotten a ton of feedback on how to improve that. Um, but, you know, for the longest time, it was always, um, you know, it was always 2D imagery. It was like the baseline. Yep. And but the reality is like you need, you need higher resolution 2D imagery so you can just see what you're looking at. When you add elevation data to the landscape, it completely changes how you look at that area. It doesn't matter what resolution you have. Like if you're looking at low resolution in 3D versus high resolution in 2D, like you'll take that 3D every single time because it answers more like underlying questions for you about how do you approach that area? How do you approach that terrain? Um, You know, you you can start to understand, um, okay, maybe the animal's gonna be on this side of the mountain instead of this one. Or maybe the thermal is going to be going this way or the other way. Like you can start paying a better picture. Um, and so, like, 3D was one of those things that was, like, baseline for us. Like, get that out there first. Get feedback on it. Yeah. Um, yeah, I've been that guy. You know, you're holding your map app and you're toggling back and forth between topo, aerial, and hybrid, trying mm-hmm. to figure out the lay of the landscape when you're looking at it in 2D. And, mm-hmm. it, and it can be super difficult. 3D is a superior product by a lot. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Especially too, think about somebody who maybe isn't familiar with looking at topographic maps, you know? Like yeah. there is a learning curve a little bit to understand like if I look at these lines, these lines mean this face is steep. Yeah. You know, there's there's a little bit of learning curve for people back east who maybe aren't familiar with that. And I think that's like where 3D even even when I was whitetail hunting back in Iowa, I'd only I'd always use 3D. Right. Yeah. Like I wasn't looking at anything else. I was on Google Earth looking at 3D maps of the landscape and trying to figure out where I thought whitetails would walk. Yeah. It's Mm -hmm. just such an advantage. Like when you consider that a lot of Western big game hunting is focused on glassing, you know, glass, especially when you start talking about mule deer or coos deer or even antelope, you know. Glassing is everything, and topography is is everything. You know, get, finding those glassing points, finding those high spots to you know be able to put your spotting scope or your binoculars to work and really pick apart a landscape. I mean, being able to see things in three D and navigate a landscape that way is infinitely superior to two D. Yeah. So when you say true real three D, I mean, are we talking real three D on the? Um, and I guess we should bring up right. This is so the the mapping the Explorer membership is you know web. You can get it on your your laptop, right, or your mm-hmm. desktop computer, and it's also a downloadable app, right, yep. to your phone, yep. and, and it functions like a like a GPS, right. So you can yep. use that thing in field navigation. You know whether you're using tracks or you know recording waypoints, um, you know all those features that you're you, you may be familiar with uh, on your phone and an app. But that, I mean, it's both. Mm-hmm. We, should, we should we should be specific in, in stating that. But when you say real 3D, I mean you mean real 3D on desktop and phone. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, like real 3D is um, an interesting term. Like what, what, we, what we really mean by it is that there's no tilt limitation. So um, sometimes when you're, when you're in a 3D map, you can only tilt down to like, a, let's say, a 45 degree angle. Mm-hmm. Um, but what we're talking about is we removed all those tilt um, uh, restrictions and there's boundary detection at the bottom. So which basically means that you can tilt 
all, your camera all the way down as if you're looking straight ahead at a mountain range. So you, again, it's all about perspective, right? You, you wanna take that, you can hit, look at that bird's eye view or you can tilt it all the way down and see what it looks like on the ground. Um, so if you're about to walk into this, into this basin, right, and you wanna, you wanna see what it's gonna look like when you, when you get there, like you can tilt that map all the way down and, and just look at it. Right. Um, Which comes so. in super handy if you're you're, de- you're desktop scouting or you know you're on you're on your phone you're trying to navigate a landscape. <laughs> Let me ask you, just be you know, is real three D or three three D? I mean, is that downloadable or is it only available when you have service? Yeah. So right now, mm-hmm. I'll say three D is only available. Heavy on the right now. Ser- yeah. Okay. Heavy on the right now. <laughs> uh, when you have uh, when you have service, um, I don't. I don't want to uh, spill too much, but you know, sure. we understand that there's a need for it in the field as well. Yeah, so that's well understood. Yeah, um, which is cool. I've I've taken screenshots. You know, like yeah. you've got kind of area. You know, you find a glassing point. You know, it's it's really easy to take some screenshots and and take those into the field with you. You know, mm-hmm. as a means of taking it off offline, essentially, if you will, at this point. But like you're saying, I I think we all kind of you know we know that we're headed that way. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you know, it's it's funny because it's like usually when you look at a map and then when you actually get boots on ground, it's completely different. Everything looks completely different. Um, so there's there's almost a shock when you first get there. It's like, oh, wow, yep. this is a lot steeper than this I thought it was. This sucks way worse yeah, than I thought it was. Yeah, this is did. way worse than I thought it was going to be. Um, is it ever better? Have you ever had that? <laughs> Never. Never. <laughs> it's always worse, right? It's oh, always yeah. thicker. It's always steeper. Do you know, like, 3D gives you, it really just makes you a little bit better prepared for that. Yeah. Um, and that has everything to do with confidence when yeah. you get out there. So, you know, it's funny. We're talking about like imagery. We're talking about hybrid and topo, right? Mm-hmm. That's another thing that's never changed. Like what, you know, we, we assume like when we talk base maps, we say, okay, well imagery hybrid, which is just imagery with contour lines and then topo, um, you know, even our topo for the longest time that we were using for, you know, the first, first year or so, um, was a USGS topo map. And one of the issues that we saw with that was how they, how they shaded the map. Mm-hmm. It actually made, made, it kind of inverted, made the terrain look inverted, which made it harder to read. Um, and so uh, I, was, I think it was back in January we started this, but like we rebuilt um, a custom topo map from the ground up. All the data sources that go into a traditional topo map, we pulled all those separately and built our own. Um, that we have full control over now. So the topo map that you see on our on our web application, um, so you log into your computer, get into maps, go to your topo map, that's a custom topo map that we built. Um, and we, can, we have full control over it. So if there's anything else that we wanna add to it that makes it more useful for hunters, mm-hmm. we can do that. Um, and that's coming to mobile really soon as well. Yeah. Um, Why do you think it's taken so long or why hasn't there been like this type of innovation before in this space? Um, you know, I don't, I don't want to speak for anyone else, but, um, but do it. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. You know, it's, it's, it's really a matter of like, um, incentive, like, and and what your purpose is, like, what is the purpose that these, these other companies have? Like our, our purpose was very laid out, um, clearly from the beginning right? It's solve problems for hunters, period. That is the only group of customers that you focus on is hunters. Um, and that clarity is really, is really, really, really important. 
So, you know, when we're building a, a mapping application, we're not building a mapping application for hikers and backpackers and skiers and snowboarders and off-roaders or whoever else that's out there, right? Um, obviously, you can use it for those things if you want. But when we, when we build and when we innovate and we're looking at, okay, what are the problems that hunters have with downloading maps? What are the problems with, that hunters have with their base maps? Like, that is the lens that we look at the problem through. And so it changes how we end up building it at the end. Um, so, right. Yeah. Yeah. Hunter focused. Hunter focused. It, it is cool. I mean, if you had a chance to look at the, to the topo, oh, yeah. sick, man. Yeah. It's, it's really cool. I mean, it definitely makes yeah. a difference. I mean, I, I've used topos forever. You know, I've, I've, those of you that are listening should know that Mike, uh, Mike's my roommate when I'm in town in Vegas, he's <laughs> nice enough to let me crash his couch yeah. on his couch. So, um, you know, he gets to kind of show me, uh, it could be a guinea pig for some of these stuff, but like I've, I've had a chance to kind of look through the topos and I mean, it's, it's cool, man. It's, it's, yeah. it's different. It looks different. It, it works. It's effective. Yeah. It, you know, it's also just a lot of fun, right? right? You get a problem, um, and it's like, okay, how do I solve this problem? And how do I solve this problem in a way that it hasn't been solved before? Because it's no fun building something that's already been built. Like the fun isn't building something that has not been built yet that people don't expect to see. Um, so generally when we get feedback from people and they call in, you know, they're, they're talking about, hey, it'd be really nice to have this feature or it'd be really nice to have this sort of functionality. Um, but at the end of the day, right, there's, there's, it always, there's an underlying problem that's generally a few levels deeper. And if you ask why a couple times, you generally get to that underlying problem. Mm -hmm. and, and, it, and it really changes how you, how you frame the problem, which is probably the most important thing. And then it definitely changes the outcome. Right. Uh, for example, sharing. Let's talk about sharing for Sh a second. Sharing is caring. Sharing, sharing is caring. <laughs> Everybody shares, but... Um, sometimes too much. Sometimes too much. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, I... Um, TMI, no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I can't tell you how many times I've seen people uh, share something, and I'm, I'm looking at their phone... And all I see is share link after share link after share link after share link. I'm like, what are you doing? I'm like, well, I had to share the access point. But then I had to share this, you know, this, um, you know. Wallow. Wallow. Or I had camp to share this spot. camp spot, right? And you're sharing all this stuff individually, right? Just knowing that and asking that question, why? Why do they have to share it all like that? Um, last year, we rolled out this feature called Hunts, um, which, you know, it seemed like a no brainer now. Um, but it's actually relatively new. Like it's new across all the mapping platforms. The idea of having a way to organize all your data, um, into a folder structure of sorts. Um, so that way you can easily find it. Um, but more importantly, we added the ability to share those hunts. So if you have, you know, if let's say you're planning a hunt with somebody, you're taking somebody out hunting for the first time and you're doing most of the planning for them, um, obviously like outfitters, this is probably a good use case for them mm. as well, right? And so they plan out the hunt, they add 10, 15 waypoints into their folder. And then instead of sharing 10 or 15 things individually, you just have to share the hunt once. And whoever you, know, whoever you share that with has access to all of that data. Um, but then we also realized, right, there's this other, there's this other like, um, aspect to hunting where like hunters are very very protective weird yeah They're weird of their data especially and brady especially, especially brady, brady. Brady's the weirdest <laughs> yeah this is and why we have this because of brady <laughs> yeah this is yeah, yeah. brady was an influence on this no doubt um 
But so it wasn't enough just to share a hunt with all of your data in it. We also wanted control over um, revoking access to that data, right? So if, if I create a hunt and add 15 waypoints to it, I can share that with you. You know, at the end of the hunt, if you don't need that data anymore, you can leave it, right? And then it's gone. So it doesn't clutter your, your map up. Um, but as the owner of it, it's my data. I can also revoke access for anybody I've shared it with. Um, and that was a super important thing for us. Just understanding how hunters, you know, protect and appreciate data privacy. Um, you know, that was a no brainer for us. It had to be in there. So, um, and you'll see, I think, I think you'll start to see a lot more functionality come around hunts, um, in the very near future as well. Yeah. There's, there's, there's so some, much there. There's so much possibility, right? I mean, yeah. being able to share a hunt and I mean, it, yeah. information's king. Once, once you get that and being able mm-hmm. to, you know, Neville and I hunt quite a bit together and, you know, we on our own individually. You know, I live in Utah. He lives in Vegas and we'll be researching, you know, a hunt that we're going on together. He'll be going through and making waypoints and, you know, it's so cool that you can just share that as a hunt. It, it yeah. you know, populates on my map. I'm looking at what he's looking at. Yeah. It's, it's really cool. Yeah. Keeps everybody on the same page. And even when you think about preparation, going out to the hunt, right, you need to, you need to share data with each other. You need to make sure you've, you've downloaded all your data, right? Start counting the minutes and hours that you actually spend doing that. Yeah. And then start looking at, okay, now how fast is it? I share one link for the entire hunt, you know, everything's populated. Yeah. Everything's populated. So that takes care of the data, the, you know, your data side. And then it's like, okay, well, how do I prepare? How do I make sure I have my maps and my, my layers and things like that? And what you're going to see roll out in go hunt maps for, again, for explorers and insiders is kind of a click and forget, right? You're going to download once it's going to be really fast. You're not going to be burning time, you know, trying to align maps anymore. Yeah. That's a thing of the past. It's also really cool. I mean, everything you do on your desktop populates on your, your app, right? Your yeah. phone. So if I'm at home, you know, I should be working, I should be writing, but I'm not, you know, just telling Chris that, you know, Porter, I'm, I'm working really, I'm just scouting for you know, <laughs> my upcoming elk hunt. Um, but um, everything that I do on my desktop, it populates onto my phone, right? Which is great. So those are, those sync together automatically, which is great. I don't have to do yeah. anything separately. So yeah. it's cool. Um, we have a bunch of cool custom waypoints. I don't know if you we, we should probably touch on that. I saw we got the, turkeys. Yeah, I was gonna say the other gobble, day. Gobble gobble. <laughs> <laughs> just in time. Are you going turkey hunting? No. No. I wish. I might. I think I might buy a tag up there in Utah and just go out and see how it goes. But I mean, we we got custom turkey waypoints. I saw the other day. So things like roost, you know, all those those geeky turkey hunters. Yeah, the gobble was the <laughs> most fun, <laughs> I would say. Yeah, the, there, are, there are a bunch of cool ones, though, as you look yeah. through there. I mean, there's all kinds of different color options and icons and, you know, pretty much anything that you would want to encounter. Again, yeah. as a hunter, I mean, things that you're thinking about as a hunter, they're, they're in that as a custom waypoint, you can yeah. say. You know, waypoints, is, it's, a, it's a really interesting, interesting space, too, because a lot of people, if you look at their map, they generally only use the default. Um, for a majority of them. Yep. Um, but one of the things that we've recently done is we've added waypoint labels. Um, and so we, we label the waypoints on the map. It's actually very similar to what you would see on Google Earth, right? I've always, I've always loved that about Google Earth, especially when you're e-scouting. And as you label your different waypoints, like you can see it, and it's like you're reading a story of your plan. And that was like the experience that we wanted to bring to the mobile apps as well. Um, so as you're looking at the landscape and you're looking at the waypoints that you've dropped, um, you can actually, it, tell, it tells a story 
um, of what's going on there. And one of the reasons we did that was because we wanted to incentivize people to actually change their waypoint types more frequently. A lot of people only drop default waypoints. Um, and so this is kind of a precursor to us building out that waypoint library a little bit more. Um, we've started with, uh, I think it's like 40 mm -hmm. different types, different icon types. Um, but we have an entire library ready to go um, to feed into there. And so any feedback that we get on waypoints, we always, always take that into consideration. And I think you'll see that library start to come to life here pretty soon. Right. And as people drop that and they start to see, oh, wow, there's real utility in having everything labeled and their icons labeled differently. Um, I think you're going to see a change in behavior from just dropping a waypoint to mark a location versus actually adding some more details to it. Because when you look at a map, like I have a ton of waypoints on my map that I can't remember what they were. Oh yeah, that's all me. The time. Right? I, I'm, all that, the time. I'm that guy. It's just a sea of random ass waypoints. Yeah, I'm always like, God, why did I drop that? <laughs> Was this on purpose? <laughs> Was that by accident? Yeah, just yeah. just ton, just tons. Yeah. You can attach a photo, right, to your waypoints. Yeah, yeah you can. Like, you can attach photos to them, add notes to them, mm -hmm. um, and that's all super useful because, again, if you're if you're organizing. Um, so we have this feature with hunts. So if you open the mobile app, you'll see hunts and you go to hunts and if you select on one, there's a thing called pin. And when you, when you click pin hunt, every waypoint you add is automatically added to that hunt. So before I go out on a hunt, hit pin. And then while you're out there hunting, it's auto organizing everything for you. And then as you're dropping those points, if you're taking an extra 10 seconds and just changing the icon type, what you're going to see is at the end of that hunt, you're going to have a story. Yeah, where you camped, yeah. where the walls you found, yeah. I mean, yeah. where, where feed was, yeah. everything. I mean, it's, it's a full layout. I mean, right. in, in essence, it's like you're saying, it feeds back into you actually, I mean, not only, you know, you're on the landscape having a hunt, but, you know, you can share that, right, yeah. with, with somebody else, with your buddy when you get back. I think, yeah. it too, it's something you can look back on and learn from. Like, oh, I do that all the time. Sure. I'm like, God, what was so special about this spot that I saw this elk? You know, yeah. like, why yeah. was it this area? And I go back to old waypoints that I dropped two or three years ago, and I'm, like, looking. I'm trying to find similarities from that spot into, like, a brand-new spot that I'm going to. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think about that hunt I did with Lorenzo. You know, I'd hunted that hunt the year before on my own, and I hunted that for, for 10 days on my own. And it took me 10 full days to figure <laughs> that area out. And, like, for the first five, I think I saw one bull. You know, and then I got into him the latter half of the hunt, ended up killing a great bull. But then, you know, next year I rolled in there with Lorenzo and we killed two bulls in three days because it was just like I'd figured it out. You know, it took me that long the year before. It took me 10 days, you know, yeah. and since then I've been able to share that with other people that have, you know, drawn the permit and, and had success. And it really is. You, you do. You learn. You figure out an area, you know, and if you want to go back to that area, I mean, this is a great way to do it by saving a hunt, you know, yeah. saving all the waypoints, the tracks, everything that you, you need within your app. Yeah, I, th I think there's, I think people have different strategies on how they organize their data, but I, I think one of the, the better ones that I've seen is when you're doing your e-scouting, create a hunt for your e-scouting plan, create a new hunt and pin it when you actually get into the field. Hmm. And then you can compare them side by side. So the other problem I've seen a lot of is That's um, a good idea. They, they do a lot of e you do a lot of e-scouting, you start dropping a lot of things, but those are guesses. Right? Mm -hmm. At the end of the day, those are guesses. But when you get boots on the ground, that's real. And very few people go up and clean that up afterwards. I don't. Right? Mm -hmm. so, so what you end up with is you end up with a lot of bad data in there. So, right, again, wh when, you, when you get done with that hunt, 
the reality is you want to memorialize that story in the lay of the land. So when you go back there in three years, you're not going to remember it in three years. Right. Now, some areas you might, but like you're, you're, it's going to be harder. Um, but if you've mapped everything out and you've cleaned up that data, um, it's going to be way faster um, getting oriented. Yeah, you're just that much more effective yeah. when you get there. You show up and you're in the yeah. game immediately. You're in the game. Yeah. Yeah, yeah organization, man. Especially for us hunters. I've seen yeah. your office. I can tell that you're, <laughs> you're, need to have you're it. a Jedi master at organization. I can tell. What do you have in there today? Some briquettes? Look like you're getting ready to barbecue. <laughs> like some charcoal, some lighter fluid. I thought we were going to have some steaks for lunch. I got a rifle scope laying there. You got a deer that you had mounted and haven't hung. How long that have been there? Three Weeks. months? Oh, yeah, forever. <laughs> you'll, you'll, get, you'll get it. Do you have any uh, new stuff coming that you can tease us a little bit on without um, giving it away? Yeah, um, I think the one that people are going to be most excited about that's coming out here in May um, is our downloads, um, what we've been building for, for months and months now. Um, I think that's what people are going to find the most value in, like utility value in. Uh, it's just going to save everybody a ton of time. Um, from a performance standpoint, it's, you know, I don't want to get too technical with it, but way more performant. And I think people are going to really appreciate that as well. Um, Again, like we're, we're downloading um, very, very large areas now. Like, like it's not going to be creating grids anymore. So um, that's super useful for a number of reasons, especially like if, whether you're a, if you're a single state hunter, like let's say you live in Montana and you hunt all over Montana. Um, how many maps do you actually have to download to get coverage of all of Montana? It's big right? sky, big yeah. sky country. Right. That's so like the maps. <laughs> what if you didn't have to do that anymore? Right. And, and so like, I think people are going to be super excited, super jazzed about what we're coming out with, with downloads. It's mm -hmm. going to change the game. Um, the other thing that we're super excited about is, um, so there's this, there's this challenge with when you using your range finder in the field, right? Like you, you range a target and then you have to find that on your map. Like, let's say you want to drop that pin, right? Um, it's, it's a little challenging to do that right now. Mm -hmm. So there's, there's, if, if you if you understand like the the mission statement or kind of vision that was was in some of our um, our videos, which is you know we want technology to kind of connect you with the world a little better. Yeah. Um, I think this new feature that we're coming out with here in May is going to be a perfect example of that. You know, you're you're physically ranging a target in the field. How does that translate to your mapping application, and how does that help you be more efficient in the field? So. Um, we're calling this feature rangefinder. Cool. I will, I will drop that much. Um, and I think, uh, people are going to be using it probably more than they're going to drop waypoints. Oh, it's going to be so handy for spot and stock mule deer. Yeah. I just, you think about that, like being in the high country and you've seen a buck and bedded him and you've got to know exactly, you know, where that animal is to make a stock. And you know, I hunt a lot alone quite a bit, which is challenging because you get over there, everything always looks different. Right. I mean, it'll be incredible for right. that. Yeah, yeah, for sure. We haven't even really talked about um, one of my very favorite features, which is the terrain analysis tool. Oh, yeah. I mean. Oh, my God. That thing's so cool. <laughs> oh, yeah. my God. That's the first thing I turn on. Yeah. Looking at a big area, I'm like, all right, going on elk hunt, where's the north-facing slopes? Yeah, it's yeah. cool. I mean, it, it basically gives you the ability. Mike, you can jump in if I get this wrong. But it gives you the ability to select, like, an elevation range. So it's going to highlight that range on your map. So say you only want to look at like 8,000 to 10,000 foot, it'll highlight that. 
Then you can select your aspect. So that's the actual physical direction that the slope is facing on the ground. So you can select, for example, Neville just you know mentioned north or northeast or northwest facing slopes. You only want to look at those slopes on the landscape. You can highlight those, and then those you know that range is going to appear on your map. So every north or northeast facing slope across the landscape within that elevation range. I mean, it's so cool to to cut down on the amount of time. <laughs> that you are trying to analyze a map for where you think animals might be. Right. You know, I'll, I'll take a different perspective on that. And, and I should say that um, Ben Gooch was actually the mastermind behind that tool. So mm -hmm. give him a lot, of, a lot of props for doing that right. Um, what I like about that tool the most is it, it kind of fits the same as filtering. Right? When you look at filtering 2.0, what you're really doing is you're filtering out areas not to hunt. Yeah. Right. It's, it's not necessarily you're finding areas to hunt. You're filtering out what not to hunt. And there's more places not to hunt than there are to hunt. So, like, that's, like, the first step. But then when you get, let's say you find those three or four units that you're interested in, um, the terrain analysis tool is a very logical extension of that. Again, that, ter that terrain tool is a filter. Mm -hmm. And it is filtering out areas where animals are likely not to be. Um, just as much as it is where they likely are. So... Um, you know, last year, I think this was, this was a request from Randy, uh, Newberg, he came down and he was, he was talking about this and, and the utility of it. And, uh, he sat down with the team and we spent months like playing out, like, how do we, how do we solve this problem? Like, how do we solve the problem of finding where not to hunt? Yeah. And, uh, at the end of the day, it came down to three things, elevation, aspect, mm -hmm. and slope. Um, and no matter what you know, we, we were, even originally, we were talking about like, okay, well, let's, what if we built this for just elk, right? Because that's kind of, I think it's kind of where it started. Now, the thing I like about it is that you can tailor it towards any animal. Any I mean, animal. Yeah. I mean, if I'm thinking, like, if I want to, if I want to look at late season rifle elk, you know, maybe mm -hmm. I only want to look at south facing slopes because those yeah. become important on a November, December hunt, you know? Yeah. I, you can really tailor it toward, towards any animal and species and time of the year. Even yeah. camping. Oh, yeah. Flat. has a flat. Flat. Yeah. Yeah, I love that flat. Yeah. You can literally see spots out there that are flat. Yeah, it's awesome for like identify like identifying benches and saddles and that kind of thing. It's it's cool. Yeah. So I mean when you combine filtering with the terrain tool and maybe, you know, add in a couple layers like access points, roads and trails. Mm hmm Right. In and you understand what your physical capabilities are. Um, and that's, you know, subjective to each person, but like with only those few tools and, the, and that knowledge, like you can find an area to hunt within minutes, right? Like a couple minutes, you can use filtering to narrow down to a couple units that you can draw. And you know that because you have your points and point tracker and it's auto filled in there. So you know what you, you have likely good, likely, um, chance of drawing. So you can find those units within minutes and then you go into the maps and you look at those units, you turn on terrain analysis tool, and now you've narrowed it down to a couple areas. You turn on your roads and trails, you turn on your access points, you figure out where there's likely to be pressure, figure out where there's not, and you can really quickly, um, maybe, you, maybe you draw a little polygon around those areas. Um, you know, that's a little tool, drawing tool that's in the uh, web map app. And um, yeah, it, it, it takes that planning process from days, hours, down to minutes. Yeah, and it almost it gives you more confidence, right, going into yeah. that, like, you have a good plan in place, and you yeah. didn't have to. You didn't have to spend maybe as much time, and maybe you don't need to have such extensive knowledge of the landscape or what you're looking for. But it just makes everything. How long did you that and I? Much easier. I mean, how long did you and I spend yesterday on the phone? Ten minutes. Yeah. 
Like in an, in an elk unit that that Neville and I have drawn for this coming fall, and I, th- I bet we didn't spend ten minutes, and we were both within ten minutes, pretty much identifying the same canyons. Going, yeah. hey, check this out. This looks awesome, you know. And, and yeah. again, it's uh, a lot of it's you know subjective. You know, we like to hunt you know off the roads and get away from people as much as we can, so it makes it super easy to identify those types of areas. You know, I mean, yeah. it's everybody can kind of use it to their own mm-hmm. their own uh, their own style of hunting, if you will. Yeah. Yeah, well, we haven't really touched. What other layers? I mean, let's dive into layers. What other kind of layers do we have on there? Well, I think uh, just to start, you know, government land, private land is the big ones. Um, so, you know, we have that across all of our states. And again, we're expanding that across all 50 states. Um, so, you know, whether you're an explorer or insider, you know, you're going to have access to that data no matter where you are in the country. Um, general assumption there is that hunters don't hunt just one state or they don't stay stationary in one state. Um, we also, you know, a, a general purpose of go hunt is to showcase opportunity. There's a ton of opportunity out there. Mm-hmm. So we want people to be exploring new states. We want people to be looking for new opportunities. And so we're not going to restrict the data that allows you to do that. And so public private land is, is number one on the list. Um, we also, for a lot of the states, um, we have different access points, access layers in there. Um, we also have roads and trails layers. Um, we've been constantly adding to our to our trails. I saw the fire layer was updated. So yep. you have the 2021. Yep. Yeah, we're releasing the 2021 fire layer. So we have, I think we have 10 years of the fire, fire data. data. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd be interested in getting feedback from people who are listening on whether or not they like it called fire or burn areas. Um, you know, because, you know, if you're looking at a, at a fire layer that's eight years old, mm-hmm. it's not really a fire layer. It's a, it's a burn, it's a burn scar. It's a burn scar. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, it's an ice cream shop. Right. Um, <laughs> so that's a little, you know, semantics, but it, 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 it makes a difference when you're looking at it. But yeah, fire layers for like the past 10 years. Um, we have that across all the Western states. Yeah. Wilderness layers. Wilderness I layers. A lot. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we have yeah. all of our terrain layers as well. So uh, we have been getting a lot of requests for the terrain analysis tool on mobile. Um, Mm -hmm. But um, for right now, we just, we have our our terrain layers. So you you can turn those on different elevation bands for for planning. Uh, Water layers, which includes rivers, streams, guzzlers, springs, um, things like that. And um, yeah, what else do we have? Every, everything a hunter could ever imagine just, or need. Yeah. Just your field. basic one. I mean, your hunt boundaries, right? Oh, so yeah. those are great, super easy to toggle on and off, whether you're looking at a state like Wyoming that's got different yeah. layers for different species. You know, if you're looking, you can quickly toggle on and off between, you know, antelope or deer, antelope and, and elk. So Yeah. There's, you know, there's another thing that with the layers, we, we included the ability to adjust the transparency of those layers. Mm-hmm. And I think that's super important because, you know, if, if you're doing high-level planning, you might want that transparency turned all the way up. So that way you can, like, you can really see those layers. Where's the public? Where's the private? Um, it's very clear. Um, but maybe when you get out into the field, you don't necessarily want them to cover up the imagery. So you can, you can just drop that transparency down a little bit. Um, and so you can kind of see through those layers a little bit better. Um, we also added this functionality into the app. It's, um, it's a little hidden right now, but if you do it like a light tap, or um, like a light press and hold on the map, you can hide every layer all at once mm. and turn them all right back on. 
If you do anything, love, I did. Love, I, love that. I right. didn't know that. I did not know that. How come nobody <laughs> told me that? I'm glad I showed up today. Yeah, so it's it's a really light, it's a, just a really light press and hold, and you'll feel a little little feedback and then a little... You feel a little so like t- if I have a, a bunch of layers on, I'm looking on my mobile <clears> app, and I just kind of want to see the satellite image, Yep. I just hold my finger on it. You just very lightly press and hold. And then all the layers will go in. Just show me. You'll, you'll see this little action sheet come up where you can either drop a waypoint in that location or you can hide all your active layers. And then if you press and hold again, again, you can turn them all right back on. So again, if, you, if you've configured all your layers exactly how you want them, right, and you don't want to adjust the transparency anymore, you have it perfect, but you still need to see the imagery underneath, you can just do a press and hold, hide them all. That's awesome. Look at the imagery, then turn them all right back on. Like what I tell you about keeping secrets, but <laughs> yeah, a lot of secrets. Mike changed my life today. That's incredible, incredible. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. I'm excited yeah. to get out into the field again this fall. I mean, we used them last fall, but I'm I'm super stoked this year to like get out into the field and just yeah. see what it can do. Yeah, it's that yeah. time of year. People are starting to get their tags back. Draw results are coming in. Man, they can't come in fast enough, but I need them. <laughs> Gotta have them. <laughs> I'm glad they're coming back finally. It's, it seems like some states have been a really long way. We need. I need wild to hit here pretty quick for elk but yeah i mean i i mean I, I noted earlier but i really do feel like you know there there hasn't been a bigger tool i mean we could talk about the the advance in you know layering systems and clothing and you know lightweight camping equipment and gear and rifles and bows honestly think that probably the biggest change like the most impactful piece of technology has been in in maps um you know i i remember hunting you know, with a with a buddy, and we were in Wyoming, and we had this bull that was bedded kind of on this bench, and uh, you know, it was, my buddy spotted the bull, and he was going to make a stock on this bull. He didn't have any cows. It wasn't a situation like we were going to call that bull in, but it looked like he he could make a stock on that bull. And you know, I remember you know pulling out a phone and looking at aerial imagery, and essentially being able to plan the entire route. You know, up the ridge dropping a pin where you thought that animal was, where you thought you would be, measuring the distance from, you know, where you thought that bull would be to where you popped out. I mean, that didn't exist, you know? I mean, that's, it's really, really incredible that you can do that at this point. I mean, just like you're talking with this rangefinder feature. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's, it's changed so much. I mean, it's, it's so handy. Right. And it's funny too, because like when I first started Western hunting, because, like, I remember when I first started going with you guys, you guys would still bring GPSs. When I first started, all I all I ever used was my phone. Yeah, I didn't give up GPS until, like, maybe a year ago. Yeah. I, I would carry both, you know. I'd carry my phone for some photos and stuff, and I used the map, you know, a map app. But, you know, I was still carrying a GPS. I've pretty well abandoned that at this point. It really is incredible, the, the ability of what you've got just in your hand. At yeah, this. yeah. And, you know, like devices are getting, one of the challenges that we have is people on old devices mm-hmm. that are six, seven, eight years old. Um, when you're looking at um, the new devices that are coming out, like the storage space on them, the RAM on these devices, like they're getting really, really powerful. Um, and it's making it a lot easier to build um, kind of like data heavy applications, like mapping applications are very data heavy. Um, and so as we see like technology trends move, right, I think you're going to start seeing these trends kind of just follow, um, right behind them. And one of the things that we always, we always think about here and talk about is the, if 
velocity at which we're moving, right? So we we did get a little late to the to the mapping game, but we've caught up very quickly. Um, and being exclusively focused on hunters, which not every system can say that's the case, um, you know, that velocity is just going to keep increasing at a, at a pretty exponential rate. So, um, and the more people that we get in there using it, right? Like we have scouting season coming up and people are going to be out there. We have turkey hunters out, bear hunters are going out in May. Um, and all of that's funneling back. All that feedback is funneling out. So like all of this new stuff that we're rolling out, you know, we're constantly getting feedback from it from, mm-hmm. you know, f- folks out in the field, you know, they're going on back-to-back 10-day hunts and giving us really detailed reports on, on how the app's performing, what's going, what's going well, what's going wrong. So, you know, if anybody's thinking about getting an Explorer, like, it's right. a pretty good, pretty good time to get I, in. I think that's another thing that makes us different or unique is actually listening to the feedback we get. You know, sometimes it feels like you're talking to somebody and you tell them something and you maybe won't see the change on that platform, whereas... Are you talking about me when you say something? <laughs> yeah, probably. I feel, I feel like this, this is like an underlying current right here. I feel like he's he's trying to say he's talking about maps, but really is what yes. he's saying is like, remember that thing I asked you to do like a week ago? <laughs> Didn't do that it. That you haven't done yet? This is like an underlying jab. Is that what that is? Yeah. But yeah, I think that's what makes Go Hunt so special is, you know, I feel like my voice is being heard when Mike comes and asks me feedback on the mapping app and the other hunters in the office and all of our affiliates and all the other customers that we have within Go Hunt using the app, giving feedback is we're listening and we're actively changing to make their lives better, make our lives better, make everyone's lives better that are out in the field hunting. Yeah. You know, sometimes it feels like feedback that you give kind of falls into this void um, because it, it takes a long time for it to kind of surface in an application. Um you know, people can provide f- feedback directly from the mobile app. Just go to the profile section, um, and there's a feedback link right there. Um, I can say that with confidence that I've read every single piece of feedback that's been submitted through there. So like one of the first things to do every morning is read the feedback that comes in. And when you do that for <laughs> years, <laughs> right, you start to, like, you, you start to really, under, like, you, you subconsciously just develop these patterns Right. Mm-hmm. And you can start identifying these patterns. And, and when you see somebody reporting feedback, it's like, I know exactly what their problem is right now. And then, you know, you, you can't always solve everybody's problems. Um, you get thousands and thousands and thousands of pieces of feedback in. You have to be very selective on what you do solve. Um, but to your point, it is all heard. Right. And, and that is the feedback that we're focused on the most. It's just really a prioritization, like which problem is the biggest and which one needs solved um, the mm-hmm. most, and, and at what time does it need solved? You know, we're, we're looking at some problems. Um, I'll give you an example of one, and I think a lot of people are aware of this. Um, they want to view more layer information, right? Tap on that layer, view a little bit more information about it. Who, own, you know, who owns mm-hmm. this, how big is it, whatever. Um, like, we're aware, like, that is, that is definitely something that needs solved. Um, but we felt that making the download, solving the download process is um, a bigger win. Is a bigger win. Like it's it's a bigger win for the hunter. Um, you know, it makes their it makes their experience better. It saves them a ton of time. Um, it get makes sure that they never leave without the data that they need. Um, and so, while we acknowledge that there's still unsolved problems, you know, we are constantly listening to that feedback and we are solving them. It's really just a matter of time to when they get solved. So, 
Yeah, we're taking it from a priority perspective. Yeah. If, you know, spending, all of us have, you know, spent and will spend a bunch of time out on the ground, you know, hunting a lot of experience and we're trying to tackle the things that are the most impactful. Yeah, yeah. Yep. But like anything, right, it's, um, you know, the, the nail that sticks out, the furthest gets hammered. So, you know, if everybody's reporting one thing, yeah. Okay. Well, we're gonna we're we'll gonna fo- we're gonna do it. We're gonna get that we're gonna get that taken care of. So, it's just really important, like you know, make make your voice heard, submit feedback, um, because if when everybody does that, it makes it very clear what our priorities should be, mm-hmm. and and that's definitely helpful. Do you think Neville? I mean, somebody that's new to Western big game hunting. Um, I mean, can they live without? <laughs> I mean, you have to you have to have a map, right? You have to have explore. I was just I was just thinking of the same question as he was like, how important do you think a map is when you go out in the field? You know, you have your weapon, you have this, you have your gear, like maps number one. Yeah, I mean, beyond you know, beyond the just the essentials, right? Like you have to have your weapon and your tag. And I could probably sleep in my truck if I had to, but beyond that, it's probably the most important piece of equipment that you're going to take with you to to your success. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you have Mm. to have it. It's a must. I mean, I've talked to a lot of landowners who like are advocating states to make it mandatory for people to carry a digital map with them. Um, because I, I think this, I don't think this surfaces as much, but like trespassing issues get, Mm -hmm. get, get, like that's a big issue, right? If you don't have a digital map, the odds of you crossing a boundary line that you're not supposed to, you know, yeah. could be pretty high if you're hunting in an area where, you know, public and private are intersecting, which is a lot of areas out yeah, west. I, I, and and you certainly don't want to make that simple mistake and then maybe lose hunting privileges in the future, right? So like, it, it, it's not just a safety thing. It's not just a confidence thing. It's also you know. You want to make sure you're hunting in areas that you can actually hunt in. Yeah, I remember being on an antelope hunt with my kid, and we, we'd we watch this buck, and he had, he's with a group of does. We watched him feed out across this landscape, and it was mostly private. But there was this chunk of public. It was about a 400-yard swath, mm-hmm. you know, that jutted out through the through the public, or through the private, excuse me. And, uh, you know, we, we had access out and around to it. There was plenty of public behind it. Um, you know, but we watched those antelope, they fed up. They ended up bedding actually right in the middle of this 400-yard cut, you know? Yeah. So we made the loop, got up on there, and he, you know, he missed he missed that antelope. But, um, you know, that was an opportunity that we would not have got without mm-hmm. that information, without having yeah. the confidence to, like, you know, sit there in my hand, look at the map, know where I was, you know, know where the animal was in, in, in you know, perspe- from me, and, and being able to say, yeah, unequivocally, that animal is on public land, you yeah. know? I mean, when... Brady and I were in Colorado last year, antelope hunting. Um, you know, we had this we had this buck went up um, over this ridge, and, and we were following it, and we were just looking. We recorded a track too, so we can we can, we yeah, can watch it, right? Mm-hmm. We were verifying, um, and it was right on the border of public private, and we were with our map in hand, with our track recording behind us. Like we were within like 10 yards of that boundary line. And you could say definitively, we could, we could see the animal maybe right there, but he was just a couple dozen yards over that border and right. we had to pass on him. Mm-hmm. Right. If you did not have oh, that excruciating, right? Like <laughs> that's, Bummer. Yeah. that's excruciating. Sit there and look at yeah. an animal that you think you could potentially harvest, but you don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that would be awful. But because we knew definitively, 
it was like, okay, on to the next. Right. Yeah. You know, and we could make that decision. We didn't burn time waiting on them. Um, we just, we moved on. Um, so yeah, it's very helpful. Download Explorer today. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Where, where's it available well, at? There yeah, we go. Yeah. Give us a. Well, yeah. So it's obviously you can get to it from the website. You just go, you know, go to gohunt.com. There's a memberships page. You click on that and it'll explain what Explorer is and you can, you can sign up there. Um, and there's also links to download it from the app store. So with Explorer, like the mapping tool is, is really the core of it. So you can also just go straight to the app store if you're on iOS or you can go to the play store if you're on Google or an Android phone and, um, yeah, just type in go hunt, download the go hunt app. And we have in-app purchases there. So you can, you can just, you can sign up and even just create an account, right? Create an account and you can play with the app for, for a week, right? You don't even have to, um, uh, purchase a membership. Um, so we, we give you that free trial so you can explore it, kind of plan with it, make sure it's something that you, that you want, your need, you're interested in. And if you are, you can just, you can purchase it right there through the, through the app or, you know, through the website. So super cool. easy. So just to reiterate, exciting day. Super, everybody's excited. Offices a buzz about it. We have, you know, brand new membership, Go Hunt Explorer, 49 bucks. You know, you get all the mapping, you know, platform, both for your phone, for your desktop. Also comes with that point tractor like Mike talked about, where you can get, you know, track your points across the various states in the West. And then if you are a Go Hunt Explorer member, you're also going to get points back in the gear, ship on, or gear shop on your, your purchases. I mean, it's yeah. no brainer, 50 bucks. Why not? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, whether you're, maybe you're hunting for the first time or you're going with somebody who's done most of the planning for you and you just need a mapping application, like this is definitely the, the plan for you. And if, if you ever want, like if you ever, you know, maybe you go on your first hunt this year and you have an explorer and maybe you want to plan your own hunt the next year and work through the application process and you need filtering and odds, you can always upgrade. Um, you can always upgrade later. And just to reiterate, covers all the states, not single state. You're not bound yeah. to that one state. All the states, we cover it with that Explorer. Get in there, download it, get some maps going. Yeah. And, and just <laughs> you need your maps. Keep, I promise you, you, you need know, maps. Keep, keep checking in over the summer, too, because like I said, we have a lot of really cool stuff coming out. Um, and like any gear, you definitely want to test it out and get familiar with it beforehand. And all, so. all of this is the end goal is just to go hunting, right? right. I mean, I, maps are cool. <laughs> I'm <though>. out. <laughs> I'm taking my go maps. I'm out. <laughs> I'm taking my map, and I'm going to the woods. So yes. get Explorer, get a tag, go hunting this fall. Go hunting. There you go. We out.